This message was recorded during a live service at Temple Baptist Church in Fargo, North Dakota. Thanks for joining us as we love God, share life, and serve Christ. Romans 12, and I have uh, put the selected verses that I've been drawn to in the bulletin at the bottom of the worship page. Um, This section of Romans has, um, in in my Bible and, and in many versions of the Bible, this section of Romans is just entitled Love. And I've been suggesting that if we look for it, we'll notice in these verses that God tells us about what it looks like to love him. He tells us what it looks like to love one another in the church family. And now today I want to draw our attention to notice that he tells us what it looks like to love our enemies. And is, as we read these verses, all three of those themes are sort of sprinkled in there. You, you read a verse or a piece of a verse and you notice, oh, that's talking about loving God. And, and another verse, oh, that's talking about loving each other. And then maybe another verse and it talks about loving your enemies and doing things for them. And so I've, I've sort of drawn out the pieces and tried to put them together and then invited us to think about them together. So that's what I've been doing in these verses in Romans 12, uh, in the last part of the chapter. And I've, I've put, printed those verses here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read them. Uh, I haven't always done that, but I, I want to do that this morning. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. You know, really, we could just stop there. Although probably most of us don't really get persecuted very much. Well, let's keep going. Now, I skipped some verses there, not because they weren't worth reading, but because they weren't about the loving your enemies that I was focusing on. Then he goes on in verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Now, I'm I'm assuming he knows that we're not giving each other evil in the church, okay? Now, if we are... Uh, that that needs to be addressed. But let's assume that the people who pay us evil are the people outside us that that aren't a part of of this church family or or the family of Jesus or God's kingdom in the bigger sense. We do, doesn't have to be our individual church in in the in, in the that are trusting Jesus, that are loyal to Him, that that believe to as many as believe in Him. To them, He gave the right. John tells us to become children of God. The children of God are not our enemies. They're not going to do us evil. But there are people who will. Okay? And he says, do not repay them evil for evil. He goes on, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. I'm going to come back to that verse because I think it's one that we can easily misunderstand. Again, the everybody is bigger than just the fellowship, just the the children of God. Goes on, if it's possible, as far as depends on you, implication, it's not always possible. 
live at peace with everyone. Again, bigger than the family of God, bigger than those who believe. Do not take revenge, my friends. Again, not in the family, among these outsiders. They don't understand. They falsely accuse. They treat us, well, kind of like they treated Jesus sometimes. Actually, I don't know of anybody recently that has, in the United States, that's been crucified. There are places in our world where our brothers and sisters in, in the family of God do face that kind of terrible persecution. He says, don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Do you ever think about God having wrath? Anger? I mean serious anger. Romans 1, it says, God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and wickedness of people. We, we, we live in a time when thinking about God having big-time anger, righteous anger, is really not, most people would say, no, don't, don't go there. The Bible goes there. Let God handle the revenge, for it's written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Um, I think that often in our world today, we've lost that, and therefore we feel like we have to somehow mete out justice. You know, if we don't mete out justice, it won't be done. Wait a minute. The Bible says it will be done. God will mete out. He will handle justice, and it will be over everyone. And so we can back off from that. I, I really don't have to figure it out. If I'm not here to figure out how to handle justice and, and to punish sin, what is it I should do? Well, he says that here. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Wait a minute. You've got to be kidding me, right? If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Okay, there we're okay with that one. All right, all, okay, good, good, good. I'm glad we get some kind of, of, of justice there after all. I don't think that's what he means, but I'll come back to that in a minute. We let God handle the wrath and the avenge and the justice, and what do we do? We do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay. I, I was thinking about this, and uh, I, I better get my thing out here. Um, I, I was thinking about this, and I realized that I, I don't really feel like I have very many enemies. You know, I, I'm the kind of guy 
that I, I, I'm pretty nice. I think to myself, why would anybody be my enemy? Maybe you're kind of like me, you know? If, if I have someone that's an enemy, I think I must be doing something wrong. That, that's sort of my, my pattern, the way I think. And, and in our world today, I see over and over and over again that there's an awful lot of enemy going on. And I, I don't like it. I, I remember when this whole stuff started back in March and, and disease and, and people sort of banding together to, to, to combat this and, you know, do things that w we would never have thought of doing before. I thought, you know, maybe, maybe God will use this to bring our country together and, and that we'll, we'll, be, we'll have for maybe for first time in a long time, we'll, we'll have some kind of common ground to, to be unified over. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the opposite has happened. Oh, you know, wear a mask or not wear a mask. I, I'm sure there are some that would be very angry because I don't model wearing a mask. And I don't know, maybe they're right. You know, we're, we're outside. Are we safe enough or should we be somehow more safe? Do, do we dare meet inside? Do, what, what do we do that there's so many different opinions? What about schools? How, how do we handle that? And, and people line up on, on different sides and they, they actually, it just feels to me like they throw rocks at each other. You know, they, they find an expert that they agree with and they, they put this expert up and then the other side finds an expert that they agree with and they put that expert up and so now we have expert against expert and, and we, we have, we're angry at politicians and we're angry at, at political parties and we're, we're angry and we're angry and we're angry and I just feel like we live in a world where enemies are more prominent and the sense of having enemies is more real than I can ever remember in my lifetime and I'm over 65 years old. So just maybe, just maybe, these words are important for us. You think? I kind of think so. But if we aren't careful, they will run off like water off a duck's back and they won't soak in. Now, because of time and because I think that when we read these verses that I read, it's very easy to misunderstand a couple of those verses. So I want to... I want to talk about how to understand those two verses. They're verse 17 and verse 20. And, and then I, I probably will run out of time. And so I don't want you, though, to think, well, you know, that means we don't have to worry about this anymore. Instead, I want you to, to say, Lord, you brought me to that church service this morning, and, and the pastor was talking about enemies and 
and, and we live in a time where, we, where there's just a lot of enemy stuff going on. How do you want me to put these words into practice on my Facebook or be, in my family or with the folks at work? Okay? That's what I want you to think about. If you'll think about that, I think God will help you know how to put at least a little bit of this into practice. Now, let me talk about the two verses that give us trouble. One verse is the verse that says, do what's right in the eyes of everybody. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everybody. Um, when we first read that, we're thinking, okay, the Bible is telling me if, if my friend at work thinks I should do this, I should... Um, handle this situation the way he likes then I need to do what he likes me to do and so I should be really careful about how everybody wants me to behave so that I can can so I can be a friend to everybody I'll do what's right in the eyes of everybody and that isn't what he's saying here's what he's saying he's saying everybody is watching us our enemies are watching us they're there you think people don't watch you well, they probably don't watch me because I'm a pastor and they already know what they... But they're watching you a lot more than they're watching me. You know, and your family, they're watching. People are watching us. Let's don't forget that. I, do you like it? Not really. But it's the facts. Everybody's eyes are on us. And if we dare have the courage to say, I'm a believer, I trust Jesus, and I, I'm a Christian, then you can be sure they're watching. And we need to do what's right when they're watching. Who decides what's right? Do they decide what's right? Do I take a poll of the folks at work and I ask them, what do you think is right to do here? No. God tells me what's right. In his word, he gives me directions about what's right and what's wrong. They are, he doesn't tell us every single detail we might want to know, but he gives us an awful lot of things that help us to know what's right, what he says is right. And that's what we need to do because enemies are watching. So don't read that verse and think, well, I've got to figure out what everybody wants me to do, and then that's how I decide to handle this. That is not what that verse is saying. That verse is saying, they are watching. You be sure to do what's right while they watch. And so we need to know what God wants us to do. That's our part of handling this challenge that people are watching. And he tells us, an awful lot about what to do. Look for ways to feed somebody who doesn't like us, to give them something to drink. Where, where can you put that in practice? Where, who's, who's somebody that you already know they don't like some of the things that you think are important? What can you do to serve them? To help them? To love them? To meet some of their needs. You know what usually we do is we run away from them. We avoid them. 
We don't want to be around them. We find ways to go around them at work. We, we avoid them because we're uncomfortable with them and they're uncomfortable with us. But God says here, when your enemy is hungry, you feed him. Now maybe that could be a picture of other needs as well. Maybe it's a picture of bringing them lunch. If he's thirsty, bring him something to drink. That leads us to the second verse here that's hard to get. And that's the verse that says, in doing this, in, in doing good things to someone who wants to do evil to you, in, in bringing food when he's hungry, even though he doesn't like you and disagrees with everything you stand for and is quick to misunderstand and quick to criticize and quick to, to take the opposite of your perspective, This verse quotes Proverbs 25, uh, I, I better get it right, quotes Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. And the proverb says, if you do good, nice, you treat someone well when they've treated you bad, you'll heap burning coals on their head. Now, is that, is that the opposite of kindness? You know, you're going you're gonna to really get them. You know, you're, you're going to sneak it in behind them and you're going you're gonna to really get them because you're going to put burning coals on their head and they'll know that you were right after all. That, that isn't the point. Think about Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah the prophet is in the temple and he sees God and when he sees God the first thing he thinks about is I am evil man our, our whole world is we are so evil God really won't even want to look at us I am undone he said I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and now I see God and you know what happens next? God sends an angel, and the angel takes a, a coal from the altar, and he uses that coal to burn away Isaiah's sin and say, Now, Isaiah, you are ready to serve me because I forgive you, and your repentance has led to my forgiveness. I think that's what Paul's talking about here in Romans 12. Not our revenge will get them, but rather if we treat them with the kindness and love that God has treated us with, if we will do good when they intend evil, if we will return good for their evil, then maybe, just maybe, they will see how wrong they are and they will turn to God and they will find his forgiveness, just like Isaiah did. And wouldn't that be great? If God could use us to have someone find his forgiveness and life, would, would your gift of service, swallowing the insult, 
returning good for evil, would that be worth it if they turned to God and found his forgiveness? Oh, that would be worth it ten times over. You would never regret it. I think that's what Paul's talking about. He uses that picture from the Old Testament to picture repentance and forgiveness from God. And he says, in doing that, God can use our love for our enemy to bring them to find his forgiveness. Do not be overcome by but overcome evil with good. Okay, I, I'm out of time, and I, I want you to think about someone that, you know, maybe enemy's a little too strong, but you know good and well that they disagree with you on some important things to you, and they see your, the world very different than you see it, and you really don't particularly appreciate it, and if you were at the ballot box with them, you know good and well they'd vote different than you want. And I would like you to think about how Jesus wants you to treat them. What good would he have you do? How could you turn away from that natural tendency to argue or fight or rebut or push back and just simply say, I am here to love my enemy. God, how do you want me to love this person? And would you be willing to look for a way to food, drink, Love, compassion, prayer, will you look for a way to overcome evil with good? That's our marching orders. And you know why we can do that? Because God's got this in the end, and it's going to turn out all right. We don't have to worry about that part of it. We do our job. And God will take care of the rest. In fact, we can leave it in his hands. Love your enemy. Whew. Do we ever need that? In the United States of America in 2021. Let's pray. Lord, we read those words and... I know my tendency is to slither away from them think of, because I don't really have enemies, I think. But Lord, you call all of us to be salt and light and to love people that are not easy to love because that's exactly how you operate. And Lord, I pray that we will operate that way better than ever before because we paid attention to your word today. And because you spoke to us and we're listening and we see one way that we can put it into practice. Lord, may it be true, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to be notified of future messages from Temple Baptist Church, 
be sure to hit the subscribe button. If you would like to further connect with us, please visit tbcfargo.org. Until next time, we encourage you to join us where you are in loving God, sharing life, and serving Christ.